Section number 21 of Humorous Readings and Recitations. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Humorous Readings and Recitations. Edited by Leopold Wagner. Section 21 Demon Snuffers by Geo Manville Fenn. I'm not at all given to parading my troubles, nothing of the kind. I may be getting old, in fact, I am, and I may have had disappointments such as have left me slightly irritable and peevish, but I ask, as a man who wouldn't be troubled in his nerves if he had suffered from snuffers snuffers yes snuffers a pair of cheap black iron snuffers that screech when they are opened and creak when they are shut a pair that will not stay open nor yet keep shut a pair that gape at you incessantly and point at you a horrid sharp iron beak as a couple of leering eyes turn the finger and thumb holes into a pair of spectacles and squint and wink at you maliciously a word in your ear then in a whisper those snuffers are haunted their insignificant iron frame is the habitation of a demon an imp of darkness and i've been troubled till i've got snuffers on the brain and I shall have them till I'm snuffed out. It has been going on now for a couple of years, ever since my landlady sent the snuffers up to me first in my shiny crockery-ware candlestick, where those snuffers glide about like a snake in a tin pail. I remember the first night as well as can be. It was in November, a weird, wet, foggy night, when the riverside streets were wrapped in a yellow blanket of fog, and I was going to bed, when, at my first touch of the candlestick, those snuffers glided off with an angry snap, and lay open-mouthed glaring at me from the floor. I was somewhat startled, certainly, but far from alarmed, and I seized the fugitives and placed them in the candlestick, opened the door, and ascended the stairs. Mind, I am only recording facts untinged by the pen of romance. Before I had ascended four steps, those hideous snuffers darted off, and plunged, point downwards, on my left slippered foot, causing me an agonizing pain, and the next moment a bead of starting blood stained my stocking. I will not declare this, but I believe it is to be a fact, as I said something oathish. I am nearly certain that I heard a low, fiendish chuckle, and when I stopped to lift the snuffers, there was a bright spark in the open mouth, and a pungent blue smoke breathed out to annoy my nostrils. I was too bold in those days to take much notice of the incident and I hurried upstairs, not, however, without seeing that there was a foul, 
black patch left upon my holland stair cloth and then i hurried into bed and tried to sleep but i could not try as i would in the darkness i could just make out the candlestick against the blind and from that point incessantly the demon snuffers gradually approached me till they sat spectacle-wise astride my nose and a pair of burning eyes glazed through them right into mine need i say that i arose next morning feverish and unrefreshed to go about my daily duties i'll have no more of it to-night i said to myself as i rose early to go to bed and make up for the past bad night and i smiled sardonically as i took up the highly glazed candlestick and tried to shake the black straddling reptile out upon the sideboard i said tried for to my horror the great eye-holes leered at me as they hugged round the upright portion of the stick and refused to be dislodged i shook them again and one part went round the extinguisher support while the reptile dislodged so that the extinguisher rattled upon the sideboard top but the snuffers were there still i tried again and they or it dodged round and thrust a head through the handle where they stuck fast grinning at me till i set the candlestick down and stared pooh stuff ridiculous i exclaimed quite angry at my weak imaginative folly and determined to act like a man i seized the candlestick with one hand the snuffers with the other and after a hard fight succeeded in wriggling them out of their stronghold banged them down upon the tablecloth seized them again snuffed my candle viciously before replacing them on the table and then marched out of the room proud of my moral triumph and rejoicing in having freed myself of the demon but as i stood upon the stairs i could see that my hand was blackened and the icy galvanic feeling that assailed my nerves when i first touched the snuffers still tingled right to my elbow but i was free of my enemy and marching with freely playing lungs into my bedroom i closed and locked the door sat down my empty candlestick changed my coat and vest for a dressing-gown and began to brush my hair it is my custom to brush my hair with a pair of brushes for ten minutes every night before retiring to rest i find it strengthening to the brain upon this occasion i had brushed hard for five minutes when there was a loud knock, knock at my bedroom door can i speak to you a moment sir said the voice of my landlady i rose and opened the door and then started back in disgust as i was greeted with please sir you forgot your snuffers my snuffers it was too horrible but there was more to bear and please sir i do hope you'll be more careful it's a mussy we weren't all burnt to death in our beds for the snuffers have made a great hole as big as your hand in the tablecloth 
and scorched the mahogany table, and it was a mussy I went into your room before I went up to bed. I couldn't speak, for I was drawn irresistibly on to obey, as my landlady held the snuffer's handle towards me, and pointed to the fungus snuff upon the common candle. I thrust in a finger and thumb, closed the door in desperation, for I could not refuse the snuffers, once more locked myself in, and stalked to the dressing-table, and as I heard my landlady's retreating steps, I snuffed the candle, which started up instantly with a brighter flame as the snuffer's mouth closed upon the incandescent wick. I'm slightly nervous, I said to myself, as I essayed to put down my enemies. I want tone, iron, iodine, tonic bitters, and curse the thing, I ejaculated, shaking my hand and trying to dislodge the snuffers. My efforts were but vain, for the rings clung tightly to my finger and thumb, cut into my flesh, and it was not until I had given them a frantic wrench, which broke the rivet and separated the halves, that I was able to tear out my bruised digits, and stand panting at the broken instrument. There was relief, though, here. I felt as if I had crushed out the reptile's life, and the two pieces, their living identity gone, lay never less and devoid of terror in the candle tray. I slept excellently that night, and smiled as I dressed beside the broken fragments. I had achieved a victory over self, as well as over an enemy. I enjoyed my breakfast, after raising the white cloth to look at the damage, which I knew would appear as twenty shillings in the weekly bill, but I did not care, though I shuddered slightly as I thought of the snuffer's horrible designs. I dined that day with friends, played a few games afterwards at pool, and then we had oysters. I was in the best spirits as I opened the door with my latch-key, and I laughed heartily at what I called my folly of the previous nights. But as I entered my room, there was the great black hole in the green cloth table-cover and the charred wood beneath, while upon the sideboard I groaned as I stood half-transfixed. I could have imagined that I had on divers leaden-soled boots, for there, maliciously grinning at me with half-open mouth, were the demon snuffers, joined together by a new glistening rivet, which only added to the weird appearance, as the beak cocked itself at me, and the great eyes glared as the black mouth seemed to say, you'll never get rid of me something seemed to draw me and i went and took the candlestick my eyes being fixed the while upon the snuffers and i came in contact with several pieces of furniture as i went into the passage where i held the candlestick very much on one side as i lit the candle at the little lamp i hoped that the snuffers would fall out but they grinned maliciously and did not stir. The next moment I was obliged to use them, 
for the candle began to gutter when as nothing followed i grew bolder and began to ascend the stairs in a minute though before i was halfway up the second flight as though the candlestick was carried perfectly straight crash the demon snuffers darted out and dashed themselves upon the floor i did not stay to look but hurried to my bedroom closing and locking the door safe this time i thought for it was late and i knew that my landlady must have been long in bed then i began to think of how they had hopped out of the candlestick and remembered what they had done on the previous night how they had tried to set fire to the house suppose they should do so now the cold perspiration trickled down my nose at the very thought i dared not leave the demon or twin demons the horrid siamese pair i would though i was safe here but fire suppose they set the house on fire down i went in the dark very softly too lest i should alarm the landlady and the other lodgers but though the odor was strong i went right to the bottom and stood upon the doormat without finding my enemies i stood and thought for a few minutes and then began slowly to ascend feeling carefully all over every step as i went up to my bedroom where i arrived without ever my hand coming in contact with that which i sought i'll go to bed and leave them i ejaculated and i turned upon my heel but at that moment the pungent burning odor came up stronger than ever and i was compelled to descend to find that the demon twins had been lying in ambush halfway down so that i trod upon them tripped in my terror my foot glided over them and i fell with a crash into the umbrella stand which i upset with a hideous noise upon the oilcloth not so loud though but that i could hear the little black imps take three or four grasshopper leaps along the passage ending by sticking the pointed beak into the street door before i could gather myself up i heard doors opening upstairs and screaming from the girls below who slept in the kitchen and the next minute old major o'brien's voice came roaring down and if ye shitter a step i'll blow out yer brains of course i had to explain and i had the horrible knowledge that they gave me the credit of being intoxicated the major saying he would not stop in a house where people were prowling about at all hours ending by himself at the landlady's request examining the door to see if it was latched securely and then seeing my safely to my room and if i did me duty sore i should lock you in he said by way of good night and now get into bed sore and at once and here are your snuffers i could fill volumes with the tortures inflicted upon me by those haunted snuffers for they clang to me in spite of every effort never left me free 
it was in vain that i came home early and shifted them into the major's candlestick they only came back i threw them out of the bedroom window once and they were found by the maid in the area i threw them out again and they were picked up by the policeman and they made him bring them back then i tried at midday but an old woman brought them in and made a row because they went through her parasol so that i had to pay ten shillings besides being looked upon by my landlady as a lunatic i thrust them into the fire one night and held them there with the tongs lest they should leap out but they would not burn and my landlady finding them in the ashes had them japanned and they were in their old place next day i had no better luck when i thrust them buried them deep in a scuttle of ashes they only turned up out of the dust hole when mary sifted the cinders they always came off black on to my hands when they did not anoint my fingers with soft tallow if they fell out of the candlestick it was always on to oilcloth or paint where they could make a noise jumping about like a grasshopper till they ended up by standing upon the sharp beak with the spectacle like holes in the air if i went up to dress they would shoot into my collar box or amongst my clean shirts smutting them all over if i tried to kill a wasp with them upon an autumn evening when the insect crept out of a plum at dessert the wretches only snipped him in two if rejoicing at the inflicted torture in short they have worn me out those snuffers and if it was not from fear i should take and drop them from the parapet of a bridge but there it would be in vain they would be certain to turn up and they are not mortal so what can you expect let this communication be a secret for it is written wholly by day when the stuffers lie in the lower regions a bright thought has occurred to me the major leaves this morning for berlin i have done it his carpet-bag stood in the hall waiting for the cab the major was in the drawing-room paying his bill the maids were upstairs making the beds i stole down like a thief into the kitchen the snuffers were in my dirty candlestick upon the dresser i seized the grinning tallow anointed demons flew up the stairs and as i heard the drawing-room door open tore the bag a little apart and thrust them in the next minute they were on the roof of a cab and on their way to berlin where they will haunt the major a month of uninterrupted joy has passed on the day of the major's departure i seemed to wed pleasure and this has been the honeymoon this morning when i paid my bill the landlady announced the coming back of the major to his old apartments i have been in dread ever since but this is folly i will be hopeful my worst fears may not be confirmed 
it's all over he has brought them back they grin at me as i write end of section 21 recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver bc